welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to a very special episode. Today we have our top 10 albums of 2019, along with kind of a yearly recap of everything music in 2019, some of our favorites. Nate, we also have a really exciting next podcast. Do you want to tell everyone what they can expect for our next podcast? Yeah, so even though this is our first time doing this, we chose to do it extremely intentionally. You know, we the stars didn't align. You know, this was all planned. Where it's the end of a decade, so next year's 2020. So we're actually going to have this episode be our top 10 albums of the decade. So that will be extremely exciting. And be on the lookout on our socials for interacting with us because we want to know what your favorite albums of this year are and what your favorite albums of the decade are. So we're looking forward to this end of the year and just being able to learn and probably find new music from you guys that we wish we had on our 2019 and decade list. So we're looking forward to receiving that from you guys. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get started in our 2019 recap. So before we get into our top 10 albums of 2019, we actually have 10 different categories ready for you, which span a wide variety of things like favorite soundtrack, favorite EP, favorite concert, favorite song, among many other things. And we're just going to go through that and share our favorites with you. And again, on our socials, we're going to ask you to share your favorites with us. So we're very much looking forward to that. So we're going to start out with favorite music video. And Andrew, I would like to ask you, what's your favorite music video of 2019? So my favorite music video of 2019 is Judah and the Lions video for their song, Why Did You Run? It's just a really beautiful music video. I really could have chose any Judah and the Lions song as my top music video because they do such a good job with their music videos it's very artistic so this one specifically is more of like a claymation look and it goes through a couple different stages of animation a couple different ideas kind of thrown in there similar but not similar i guess to like spider-man into the spider-verse a little bit just how it changes up some of that style as it goes on there's just some really cool elements it's kind of a love maybe breakup type of song and I just think that it's really well done. And again, it fits the song really well, but it's such like an artistic expression as well. And I really love it. So, Nate, what's your favorite music video of 2019? So mine, I almost picked a music video from Pup. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is because you talked about how Judah and the Lion, like all their music videos are sick. Pup is a band that... They probably have overall my favorite music videos, just so creative, so interesting, and they just do such a great job. But anyways, I'm not going to talk about them. So my favorite music video is the song Used to Be Lonely by the band Whitney. And it's just this love song where he's essentially talking about, as you can imagine, how he used to be lonely, but now he isn't. It basically shows all these different dates and it flashes to when he's with this girl and like just having so much fun and everything is comes to life. And then it also flashes to times where he's alone and it's just dead and lifeless in a sense. And it just has this really cool contrast and it's just a really beautifully shot music video. And it just makes you feel like warm inside and sweet. And I just really like it. 
so that's fine. Awesome. So, Nate, what's your favorite soundtrack of 2019? Okay, so I don't know if I recommend seeing the movie uh, to most people. It's very dark, very intense, and disturbing. Despite that, this movie's soundtrack was extremely beautiful and brutal and powerful and i'd recommend listening to the soundtrack but the movie i don't know it definitely be advised but the soundtrack is midsummer and it's basically this horror film and that happens basically only in daylight and so it's a very interesting concept but the instrumentals are just like extremely disturbing and yet very beautiful at times, like I said before. And just, I feel like you could not watch the movie and almost have an extremely vivid, like, picture of what could be happening just by listening to the soundtrack. And I feel like great soundtracks do that, where obviously you're not able to create the whole story in your own head, but you're really able to feel the heart of the movie just by listening to the music. And this soundtrack definitely does that. What about you, Andrew? What's your favorite soundtrack? So my favorite soundtrack of 2019 is actually from the TV show The Mandalorian. The soundtrack is done by Ludwig Goranson. I think I'm pronouncing that pretty close. He actually is an Oscar-winning composer now. He won for Black Panther. He's also done the Creed movies. And he's just one of the most talented young composers out there. And this soundtrack, it really ranges from really beautiful elements like strings to really kind of like western type of elements Uh, there's a lot of like electric guitars that are kind of just i don't know like distorted electric guitars but like slow enough that it does feel kind of like a like a western a little bit and there's a lot of percussive elements there's just kind of everything and it fits the show because the show just goes so many different places and the music takes you to those same exact places so it's it's stunning it's beautiful and it's amazing and i love it i almost picked stranger things season three so i i think it's totally fine picking a tv show yeah that was actually stranger things season three was actually my backup that's kind of my second favorite soundtrack for the year i don't know i i feel like there were some good movie soundtracks but none that i None of the movies that I saw really stuck out to me as just as good as those TV shows, The Mandalorian and Stranger Things Season 3. All right, so, Andrew, what's your favorite song on one of your least favorite albums, if that makes any sense? So an album that you didn't really like, but there is a song on it, or maybe a few songs, but we're going to say one song that you loved. So, yeah, I don't know how to how to exactly say this, but I really like... One song from a new Demon Hunter album. They actually put out two albums this year called War and Peace. And I used to really like Demon Hunter. So I decided to give each one a listen. And they were fine. Like nothing stood out as really good except for this one song. Nothing really stuck out. It was just fine. I don't feel like they carry the same magic. Or maybe I just don't care about them anymore. But... When I was listening through, I got to the end of this one song, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me go back. And I've actually listened to it quite a bit. So the name of the song is Gray Matter, and it's just a really cool song. I don't know. I, I think I've always really liked his singing voice, and 
he does that so well in in this song and in general I like his singing voice a lot more than his screaming voice I always felt like that was his stronger element and in the song it's mostly singing and so that works for me especially in what I usually listen to these days and so yeah I think it's a really good song and I don't care for the album uh, but the song's really good so Nate what's your favorite song on an album that you didn't like so mine is Closer Than a Brother by Josh Garrels. So the album is, I think it's called Chrysaline or Chrysaline. I, I want to say Chrysaline because it sounds like Chrysalis, but I think it's Chrysaline. I have no idea. Anyways, so Josh Garrels, his two albums before this are Love and War in the Sea in Between and uh, Home, which I felt like were just masterpieces of albums. And he did say that this album was a little he wrote it differently it's more meant to like these songs he didn't write almost to be released he wrote them as just personal songs to like help him and they're very like spiritually meditative and slower and he didn't take a similar writing to style to how he has in the past and i just feel like it just created a lot of boring songs with really great lyrics but just like instrumentally like I honestly haven't listened all the way through because I haven't been able to get all the way through. I just get so bored. And it's a long album, too. But this song, Closer Than a Brother, which was the first single, such a tease. I thought this album was going to be incredible. It's just such a cool song. The atmosphere he creates is really great. The production's awesome. It's like this slow folk song with, like, really bright, chorus and like after chorus instrumental and it's just an incredible song so what's your favorite ep of 2019 so my favorite ep of the year is by the band mini trees which i'm not sure if it's a band or really just this one girl who does everything but the ep is called steady me and i found it on david dean burkhart i found one of her singles called spill and David Dean Burkhart was where I found A Peak in the School and some other artists like Kevin Crowder, which we've done. But she's just a really good songwriter, despite how enthralled I am with the production. The songs that are underneath are still really well written. The lyrics are very personal. It's just a really good songwriter EP that has this cool indie like feel to it. And I just really, really like it. It's on the darker side. The, sa- the sound, I feel like it has a darker sound at points. Some songs are a bit brighter, but I just love it so much. And I use this EP a lot, actually, as I'm like writing my own poetry or lyrics or whatever you'd like to call them, just because, I don't know, it just like puts me in a good, uh, like, good thinking mood, and it's just an EP I really love. So, Andrew, what's your favorite EP? My epic. No, it's actually not my epic. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. Good guess, though. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I can say it's a good guess is because it was one of my top five. And each year, this category gets trickier and trickier because more and more bands are releasing music more often. And so they're releasing EPs more often than full albums. Before, EPs maybe were just... A collection of kind of B-sides or or acoustic versions or a band just couldn't come up with a full album. But now it's being released more, which makes it harder to actually pick a top EP because there's so many more to choose from than there used to be. But my favorite EP of 2019 is the album Pretend 
by Aporia. And the reason I'm saying pretend like that is there is a question mark at the end of the word pretend. And it's by this band, Aporia. It's actually just this guy, Nico Perez. And he writes really honest music on this EP. And if you know him personally, you'll be able to look at these lyrics and understand where they're coming from. But he's such a good lyricist that you can actually, even if you don't know him, you'd be able to read the lyrics and be able to see kind of what he's been going through and and where he's writing from. And I think it's really beautiful. There's some really cool stuff on the album, too, musically. And I love his voice. He picks such beautiful melodies to sing. And I just think it's such a, just an amazing EP. And I love it so much. All right. So next up, we have favorite album artwork. Andrew, my guess is there's a chance we could pick the same album here. I don't know if we will, but there's a chance. What's your favorite album artwork? There is a chance. So my favorite album artwork is the album Dimly Lit by the band from Indian Lakes. You can actually hear our initial thoughts on this album artwork and the whole album on our latest episode out from Indian Lakes about this whole album Dimly Lit. And we just kind of gave our initial impressions of this album artwork. But I just think it's really cool. It's really kind of beautiful and unique and the colors... And I don't know, it's just, it's such an awesome album cover. It fits the album really well, too. If you listen to the album and you look at the cover, they play off of each other really well. I feel like you get the idea of what you're about to start hearing by just looking at the at the album artwork itself. And for Minnie Lake, seriously, just has the best album artwork ever. So, like, if you release an album and from Indian Lakes releases an album the same year, you're probably going to lose album artwork. Uh, at least to me, my favorite album artwork is just always going to be from Indian Lakes. So, Nate, what's your favorite album artwork from 2019? We agreed. Yes, Dimly Lit by From Indian Lakes. You talked about this on the podcast, just the juxtaposition of the album being called Dimly Lit and having like the brightest possible album cover is hilarious and also probably has some deep meaning that we're not uncovering yet it's just so beautifully designed it's so interesting you could look at it for a long time and just be kind of sucked in and it's a great cover all right nate so what's your favorite album title of this year so i wonder if there's another chance we could pick the same here i don't know but i chose phoenix by pedro the lion i just think (laughs) <laughs> Andrew's covering his mouth right now, trying not to laugh. I'm get or whatever. It's not trying not to smile. I'm guessing I was correct and again correct in predicting that we had the same. There's just it's such a simple title. And it's like, oh, he wrote about his hometown of Phoenix. Like, who gives a crap? But when you like unpeel the layering of the themes of the record, the rebirth of Pedro the Lion, and kind of the rebirth of David Bozon's career in a sense, and a lot of rebirth within Phoenix and the stories he tells and kind of leaving and longing for the life he had. And it's just so interesting. And even despite it being such a simple title, it packs such a punch and is an incredible title album title name. So Andrew, would you like to talk about Phoenix as well? Or am I wrong in reading your body language? 
you know, let's talk about Phoenix a little bit more. <laughs> so I just, I don't really need to add anything to what you already said, Nate. The album title is just perfect for this album. Again, it's used in so many different facets on this album. It's not just talking about Phoenix, Arizona. It's not just talking about Rebirth. It's a mixture of so many different things. And the theme of Rebirth and and reawaking and kind of new life is a theme on the entire album throughout all the lyrics. It's one of, lyrically, the best albums of the year for sure. And all of the lyrics tie back to that title that even if you've seen maybe Phoenix used as a title from another band's album, it's never been done quite this way, that it's so encompassing of everything on the album. I just think it's the perfect album title, and honestly, I can't think of another album title that maybe I've ever even liked as much as I do Phoenix for what the album actually is. All right, so Andrew, next we have favorite concert. What was your favorite show of the year? So Nate already probably knows this, but my wife and I had the privilege of going to Red Rocks this year. We were able to see Bon Iver there, which total bucket list just to be at Red Rocks period. I lived out in Colorado for a time and had never gotten to see a show at Red Rocks. And it's one of the most iconic venues out there. If you don't know what Red Rocks is, it's basically, it's a natural amphitheater just sandwiched between these huge Red Rocks. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The concert itself was so good. The sound quality in just the natural amphitheater was amazing. And... I just, uh, Bon Iver did so good between the lights and the stage and everything was so good. And one of the things that really stuck out to me that was very unique is that he didn't play some of his bigger songs, whether it's uh, Skinny Love that he didn't play, which I'm pretty sure he didn't write, but it's still a very big song for him. And he didn't play Skinny Love and he didn't play Over Soon, which is pretty big from 22 A Million as well. And I, I feel like I'm missing another one, but there was another fairly big song that he didn't play in that time. And I just thought it was kind of a cool thing where he's just like, I'm going to play the set that I want to play. He's played there a bunch, and he just kind of did whatever he wanted. And the whole crowd was with him. It was it was really quite an amazing concert. And, yeah, just the whole experience was great. So, Nate, what was your favorite concert of this year? So I'm kind of cheating. I My favorite concert of this year I'm saving for the decade list just because it's kind of dumb to explain a concert story twice i feel like i just didn't feel like doing it and we can do whatever the hell we want so i chose pine grove's show at the royale in boston my wife tori and i went and we were basically like second row and i think pine grove is the best band i've seen live they're just their quality is just basically unmatched i feel like and they just bring so much passion and so much fire to the music and because they have such a passionate fan base the whole time everybody's singing along to all the lyrics because the fan base is so obsessive and so cult-like which just adds a whole nother layer to it and just live well i guess watch like their audio tree sessions that's like a good 
depiction of what they'd be like but if you can see a show they're coming out with a new album early in january so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing them as soon as i can this is the second time i've seen them and they're a band that no matter what i'll see them till they stop being a band when they come by so nate what are your favorite lyrics from a song this year this could be an entire song or maybe just a phrase or a part of a song so I'm just going to pick a song, and I decided I'm not going to read any of the lyrics. I'm just going to say, hey, listener, please listen to this song and read along with the lyrics. But I chose the song Someday Soon by Wilder Woods. Wilder Woods is Bear Reinhardt, who's a front man of Need to Breathe. Sorry, there's a lot of details there. And he released his first solo album, which is, I believe, self-titled. I could be wrong on that. And there's just a maturity to him on this album, especially. Like, you really take what he says and you take him seriously. And I feel like the lyrics on this album are just really guiding, and I just really like this song in particular. So it's Sunday Soon by Wilder Woods. Andrew, what's your favorite lyrics? So my favorite lyrics are from the song This Land by Gary Clark Jr. And if you know Gary Clark Jr., you probably know him more as just a blues guitarist. He at least to me, has never stood out as a lyricist, but I maybe never listened to his lyrics as much because I was already so focused on how incredible he is as a guitarist. He's insanely good. But I do want to give a quick quick warning. There is some strong language in this song, but I think the the song itself is just so well written out. It's basically about what it's like to be black in America, some of just kind of dealing with racism and yeah, just his experience being black in America. That's obviously not something that I personally know anything about. <laughs> you know, you know, I think based off of my experience, I think this would be a, this really depicts it well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely speaking as a white person who has zero experience of being black in America, but I really think that Gary Clark Jr. does a really good job of helping those of us who've never experienced what it's like to maybe have someone say something really hurtful and racist towards us and so i just think he does a great job lyrically tackling a very very tough topic and uses strong language perfectly to be able to get his points across and i just think he does a great job lyrically with this song all right next well we only have two left i do want to say that And these are probably the two most important categories before we get into our top 10 albums, their favorite song and favorite podcast. So, Andrew, what was your favorite song of 2019? So this is such a hard question to answer. There's so many different things that make up a good song and so many different elements. And there might be some really great songs that you don't want to listen to all the time because maybe lyrically or musically they're so heavy. Or maybe you don't want to listen to them because there's not really any depth to the song. It's just kind of there. And I, I just picked a song that I think... I probably listened to the most this year, and it's the song Maybe You're the Reason by the Japanese House. 
this whole album is great, and we'll see if maybe the album makes an appearance in either of our top ten albums, but this to me is the best song on the entire album. I think it stands out. It's so catchy and so incredibly layered, and there's so many cool elements in the song, and I just think it's a masterpiece of a song, and again, I think the one that I probably listened to the most this year. So, Nate, what's your favorite song of 2019? Well, first off, I do want to echo what Andrew said about how incredible that song is. Please check it out. My favorite song of the year is Super Bike by Jay Sum. It's just the word I would use to describe it is like, it's so fitting. Like, usually your favorite songs are songs that like fit what you're going through. Like Andrew was saying, like, they like make sense and they're like a perfect fit to like what's going on and um superbike's just an incredible summer song and it's just such great rock and it's so catchy and it's so pretty and it's so beautiful and i love instrumentals and like the whole second half of the song is just one giant instrumental and it's just a perfect song for me in the summer and i love the title superbike such a cool name I don't know. There's nothing bad about the song. I was so happy. I was able to see Jason live and I might have peed my pants when they played it. <laughs> That's not true. I did not pee my pants. And I hate when people speak so hyperbolically like that. I really hate myself. This is really the whole point of all this. Just sharing how much I despise myself. Self-hatred. Yeah, exactly. All right. So <laughs> favorite podcast. Let me add some context for favorite podcast. So favorite podcast is the favorite podcast that we have recorded this year. Not our favorite podcast like like that's going on or that somebody else made this year. This is our favorite podcast we've done. And we just do want to say we have enjoyed all the podcasts we've done so far and especially the interviews have been fantastic and there's not a single podcast that we didn't love doing. This is just our very favorite. So Andrew, what was your favorite podcast to do this year? So my favorite podcast that we did this year was the episode that we did with citizens. I just thought that was a really, really fun episode. It was fun to obviously be able to listen to the album Fear by Citizens, but also to be able to talk to Zach Bolin about that. It was really cool. He chose Philly over Boston. There were so many cool elements. And he was just such a nice guy. And I think exactly what you'd kind of hope when you're talking to someone from a band that you like and or respect, you just hope that they're nice and not a complete jerk. And he totally was. He was incredible, answered all our questions, took so much time to just really show his appreciation for what we're doing and our appreciation for their music. And it just seemed like he was more than willing to talk through all of our random questions and and what we were hearing on the album and just try to get... uh, a little deeper with that so I just thought that was really cool and I had a ton of fun and when the episode ended when we finished talking with him I was just like my heart was beating really fast just because I felt like something it was just like a really cool experience and it was a lot of fun to do and yeah I enjoyed it so Nate what was your favorite podcast we did this year Before I share mine, I do want to echo one thing you said. So we recorded with Zach for a long time. Like, he took a long time out of his day that he could have used for other 
probably more productive stuff than talking with us. And after we stopped, like, recording for those three hours, he literally spent the next, like, 15 to 20 minutes still talking to us. And that was just so kind of him. And it made... I'm going to speak for me, but I'm sure Andrew would echo this. It made us feel important and not in the sense of like, oh, we're important podcast people, but just like he wasn't just interested in doing the podcast with us. He was interested in who we were and didn't feel like he was willing to sacrifice even more of his time just to talk with us. That had no gain to him from the band being promoted or anything. He just talked with us. And that was really cool. And I definitely felt like Andrew said, just feel, felt good afterwards. And uh, yeah. So my favorite was the episode we did with Patrick from a beacon school. That's the other one. I mean, that interview was just so interesting, like fa- absolutely fascinating. Like I felt like we asked extremely pointed and specific questions, which I feel like you don't often get to ask, obviously, some of your favorite musicians. And for him to give such thorough and honest answers was just extremely cool. I feel like Heading into the podcast, I couldn't have loved the album anymore, and I loved it even more after, just from all the context we had, and it was just incredible. I felt that was definitely, and that was before Citizens 2, where it was like our first big interview with somebody we didn't know, and I was like a little starstruck, like you were saying with Zach, just like, but him to be so kind to us and so generous, and it was awesome. Yeah, I just kind of want to echo what you were saying, because when we were talking to him kind of after we'd finished the podcast and we were kind of ending everything, I remember him thanking us. And that's crazy because we were just so excited to talk to him. And 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 to us, he's just an incredible artist. And we loved like getting to know him better and 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 everything through that. But the fact that he thanked us for that was like, no, like. We should be thanking you for all of that time. I don't know. It just shows how nice of a guy he genuinely is. And that episode was so fun. And Patrick was a complete pleasure to work with and a lot of fun to be able to uh, to interview. Well, yeah. And I think, too, like one of the whole things with the name Long Distance Listening, like it was to have us connect and kind of take these people who are far apart and bring them together. But I think what's been really cool with the interviews is we've been able to take fans like ourselves who are far away from these musicians and kind of like bring them closer and create this closer relationship. So it's been cool to like have that still be a very important part of our mission and like bringing people closer together and creating relationships through music. So plug for the podcast.
So before we get into our top 10 albums of 2019, I want to start with just a quick caveat of an album that some of you might expect to be in my top 10 and maybe the reasoning that it's not. So the quick caveat I'm giving is that Coldplay's new album is not going to be in my top 10. At the time that we're recording this, this album's still fairly, fairly new and I just haven't had the time to be able to digest this album enough to add it to my top 10 and unfortunately just the timing of the album coming out is what kind of threw everything off so if you're expecting to see Coldplay in my top 10 or if you think it deserves to be in my top 10 it is not currently in my top 10 that could always change but it's not there as of now I'm gonna add a caveat too then Coldplay will not be in my top 10 list. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry, that wasn't what I was going to say. But if you're going to do something like that, then heck, I'm going to do the same thing. The album Silencia by Hammock, it's an instrumental album, extremely beautiful. But an album like that, it takes so long to figure out what you think because it's such a slow moving and methodical instrumental work. That's really long. So I don't even think if I'll know by the end of next year what I think about it, just because it's going to take a while to sit with me. But I would definitely not count that out, just like you're doing that with Coldplay. Yeah, and that's a really good caveat, because I, too, haven't been able to digest that album fully. You kind of have to sit with that album for a while, so that's not on my list either. So definitely check out both of those albums, because I'm sure they're both incredible, but they will not be on our top ten. But we are going to start our top ten. We're going to go ten to one and give you our top ten albums of 2019 so nate what is your 10th favorite album of 2019 dude this is really exciting are you excited i am so excited neither of us actually know the other person's top 10 albums of 2019 so we'll be hearing this for the first time ourselves so if you thought that we planned this all ahead and know what each other's gonna say you thought way too much of us because we do not plan anything ahead apparently we don't plan anything ahead okay This might be a surprise, but my 10th album, the 10th spot was so hard. Spots 9 and 10 were really hard for me. I feel like 1 through 8, I felt pretty good, but 9 and 10 were tough. I picked Blushing by Copeland. Ah. Now, I feel like I've had like an up and down relationship with this album where when it first came out, I liked it a bit. Like, I definitely really liked it. I kind of fell out of love with it when we came to the podcast again. I like re-listened and I really liked it. And then kind of since the podcast, I've kind of fallen out of love with it again. But I've listened to it a lot in trying to get my list. And I just think there's too much there for me. Like despite the things I don't like, there's too much good stuff there to pass up on where there's other albums that might have less flaws for me those albums don't have near the same heights or beauty and so i know you and i definitely disagree about this album on a certain extent i mean it's in both our top tens we obviously both really really like it it's in my top but you don't know that you're right i don't know but i'm guessing it's two or one and I'd probably bet 50 bucks on that. Okay. So. You should change where it's at no matter what. <laughs> so I can make 50 bucks. <laughs> That's true. I said no matter what. I'm not going to change anything. I promise you I'll tell you exactly where it's at. Okay. But I still have hope in it. I still have hope in Pope. And um, yeah, I mean, I love Pope. But 
it just doesn't quite do it, but it's still so incredible. It makes my list. All right, Andrew, what's your 10th? So my 10th album is the album Pep Talks by the band Judah and the Lion. I just really love this album. It's a great album. There's so much diversity on it. It ranges from from pop to folk to rock to, I don't know, like everything. Casey Musgrave shows up on it. There's just a lot of really amazing elements on it. This was a really hard spot for me, number 10, because that's where the cutoff is. Anything after 10 obviously didn't make the list. And a lot of the albums after 10 felt like they were at about the same level that I like Judah and the Lions pep talks. So it was so hard to discount them. So I kind of went as a tiebreaker, which is the album that I've listened to more, because maybe that means that subconsciously I'd like this album a little bit more. So it's just a really great album. I really like what they were able to do on it. And yeah, it's my 10th favorite album of the year. So Nate, what's your number nine? So actually, now that I look back, I know I said nine was tough. It was tough for a time, but now that I like finished the list... And I'm looking at everything. This is where I'm like, it starts getting like, I feel great about every album. And again, no offense to blushing, but my number nine is Good at Falling by the Japanese house. I don't know. Like, there's so many good things to say about it. It's extremely diverse, despite having a very consistent sound. This album grew on me more than any of the albums on my list. I started out only liking two songs, basically, on the album. And now I like every single song. And I don't have enough good things to say about it. It's just so well done. The production, this is up there with production of the year of albums like... Uh, it's just so good. Andrew, what's your number nine? So my number nine is the album 2020 by, I'm going to pronounce it Joe. It could just be like Joe, and that'll make sense in a second why it might be named that. But it's spelled D-J-O, and it's actually just one guy. His name's Joe Keery. He plays Steve on Stranger Things, so you might know him from that. He was also part of a band i think their name is post animal and they were like really weird kind of radio head maybe like i don't know they were they were weird but this is his solo album and it's so cool i really really like it it reminds me a little bit of kevin crowder and it's only a little bit because like last year kevin crowder was my second favorite album of the entire year This is obviously my ninth favorite album of this year, so it's not like it's on that same level that Kevin Crowder is, but very few things are. But I just really like it. It's got a really cool vibe. It's very electronic. It's, it's, I try not to use this word too much, but it's very vibey. It's really cool. Only caveat I'll give, I don't really understand the lyrics very well, so I don't, I mean, some I do, but like, I don't really know if they're great lyrics or just like their lyrics, but the whole album's really cool. I think it's such a great debut album, so I just think, yeah, I think it's awesome. So Nate, what's your number eight? So the one interesting thing I'll say about number eight is I had an album in my top 10 by a different band that's similar to this band that... Once I fell in love with this band's album, it kind of pushed that other album out because I wanted to listen to that album less because I just like this album more. So this album is called Happy to Be Here by Barry. And the album it kind of pushed out was Uncle Jazz. 
by uh, Men I Trust, which is a great album. Don't get me wrong. And it's it's like right outside of my top 10. But Happy to Be Here is just a more upbeat and diverse and catchier album than Men I Trust. And Men I Trust really involves like a very patient and thorough listen, which you don't always have time to give. And Men I Trust album is over 20 songs. And this Happy to Be Here is 10. But just great indie pop kind of like very indie and just such catchy songs this album took a little bit to grow on me but it's so catchy just so delicious and this is a great like fall nostalgic album to listen to andrew what's your number eight so my number eight is the album moonlight by the band johnny swim it's actually a couple that makes music a husband and a wife and they make some incredible music. Their their harmonies are excellent. They do a great job of changing up who has the melody and who has the harmony. And most of their songs are kind of kind of love songs, but they'll they'll write a good bit just about life in general. And it just feels very down to earth. It's very I want to say chill, but they actually they're not all just like chill love songs. They're actually like. I don't know. There's there's a lot more diversity, especially to this album, than what they've written in the past. They write some incredibly catchy hooks, whether it's uh, melodic hooks that they write or or just instrumental hooks. But everything that they do on this album, I just think works really well. It's so smooth. It's vibey. It's it's fun. It's I don't know. It's just everything that I kind of want. My wife and I even got to see them earlier this year play live and the wife was sick and like drinking tea the whole time to stay healthy and uh, and be able to sing and they still sounded better than most bands fully healthy that i've heard it was just such a fun concert such a good atmosphere and it's such a good record it's my personal favorite record that they've done so i just think it's really good all right nate what's your number seven so my number seven is the album forever turned around by the band whitney So Whitney is basically this duo of guys and they just have soft and slow and catchy, like kind of like seventies rock music. And it's like very like almost like the band, like Chicago, like not like nothing's heavy on this. Everything's soft, like Andy Schaaf, but they're a little less on the orchestral side of things. This album is so pretty, so beautiful, so heartwarming. The album artwork is incredible, actually. This is an album that I feel like at first glance you go, oh, I like this, but it's simple. And then the simplicity kind of takes a hold of you and you just become more and more infatuated with the album. And this album is definitely one of the highest risers on my list. Like probably a month or two ago, it would be either not on the list or maybe maybe in that 10th spot, but it just continues to grow and I continue to like it more and more. Okay, Andrew, what about you? What's your number seven? So my number seven is the album Fear by the band Citizens. We already talked about this a little bit with talking about our favorite podcast that we did, being able to interview Zach Bowen from Citizens. That was such a great episode and Honestly, we go track by track. I break down that album. So if you really want my in-depth thoughts about fear, just please check out that whole episode. I think you'll enjoy it. But I don't really have much to add 
obviously, besides what I say on that podcast. I just think it's a really well-crafted album. I think the lyrics are really honest. I think musically, they push themselves really well, and there's some really cool music and instrumentals that come out of that. So yeah, I just I think it's a great album. Nate, what's your number six? So this is an album that, as it was coming out, there was a lot of anticipation on my end. When it first came out, I really liked it. And honestly, I kind of It's not that I forgot about it, but I just stopped caring about it, stopped listening to it, and didn't really think I liked it that much anymore. And we almost like tossed it to the wayside. And then late fall came around, and I was like, you know, this is the type of weather for this type of music. I'm going to play this again. And it just shot up my list. Like, I love it so much now. And there's parts about it that I didn't like before or, like, kind of bothered me. I just, like, don't really let bother me anymore and I'm fine with. And the album is Panorama by La Dispute. I just think, man, this album's so dynamic, so diverse. I think La Dispute does so many interesting stuff on this album. And honestly, every song packs a punch in its own unique way. And they have really creative crescendos, both really slow building that kind of fade off, and also ones that are extremely quick building and explode. And uh, the lyrics are incredible. Again, great late fall, early winter album. But yeah, I want to keep talking about it, but I won't. Panorama. What about you, Andrew? Six. So my sixth favorite album of this year is the album Heard It in a Past Life by Maggie Rogers. Now, I know this is definitely not Nate's favorite album. I I really like Maggie Rogers. Nate, however, does not like Maggie Rogers as much. I think he just finds her maybe to be a little bit generic, but but I do not uh, so much that I've been like, hey, Nate, we should do a Maggie Rogers episode, and Nate's like... Hey, how about we don't? <laughs> so that's why we don't have a Maggie Rogers episode. <laughs> but yeah, I just think this album is really great. I feel like she does a really great job lyrically, musically, just writing some really catchy hooks, really um, great cadences on the album. I just find it to be a really intriguing and fun and really like really consistent album. I feel like there's maybe some songs that are slightly better than the rest, but like... For the most part, it's consistently really great and really consistently good. Nate might say it's consistently bad, but I I really, really like this album and think that it is just, it's a great album. So, Nate, what's your fifth favorite album of this year? So, my fifth favorite is Phoenix by Page of the Lion. We've talked a lot about it already. Lyrically, thematically, incredible. David Bazan's voice is just like a staple for me and he's just like he's like a friend i don't know just like somebody who like you feel so intimate with and like like really feel close to through their music and he's so vulnerable and shares so much of his story which you can really connect which i can connect with at least and i just love pedro's album i'm so excited that he's continuing to make music with pedro and Honestly, I just can't wait for his voice and his music to continue to be a part of my life for hopefully a decent amount of time after this. But Andrew, what's your number five? So my number five is... 
the album Phoenix by Pedro the Lion. So I knew I knew that we'd we'd line up somewhere with this album. I just didn't call us both having it as our fifth favorite album. So yeah, if you have a top ten list and Pedro the Lion is not on your list or not number five on your list, Nate and I do not endorse that list. But yeah, it's just it's such a great album. I love it. I don't know what to say except what Nate said, but I will say my experience with this album. So Nate had said he wanted to do a podcast on this album. I agreed to it without really listening to it. And I almost told him that we couldn't do the episode because we really only do episodes on albums that we love because we're trying to share really good music. And I did not fall in love with this album. It was really hard for me to get into. His voice was just, uh, it took me a while to kind of get past his voice and I just didn't understand what was happening. And I remember just kind of cleaning and maybe doing some dishes or something. And listening to this album kind of in the background and all of a sudden I started hearing some of the lyrics and I was like oh shoot there's actually something here like there's something worth listening to and then once I got past that then I really started listening with a whole different kind of mindset and all of a sudden I got into this album super fast it's only grown on me ever since I love this album so much I just think it's a great album in so many different ways that Nate already pointed out or that you can listen to on our page of the lion phoenix episode but it's it's a great album and I love it so Nate what's your fourth favorite album of the year so my fourth favorite is death spells by holy fawn they're a new triple crown band actually it's interesting. So they released the album last year, but when they got signed to Triple Crown, they re-released it. And my whole philosophy on like including albums on your year list is like, like there's no way they would have made last year's list for me because I didn't know they exist. And because they re-released the album, it's totally fine having them in. Anyways, you can disagree, but that's my philosophy. But this is the most epic album on my list. It's the most like monumental in the sense of like where it goes. It's so dark. It's so heavy. It's so dynamic. It's just like it's an album that the first like eight times I listened to it, I was just like shocked and like taken away and almost like taken on a journey each time. And now as I know the songs very well, they're, they have not lost their magic or what draws me to them. If anything, I like them even more, especially since when it came out, it was March or whatever. But now I've listened to it a lot in the late fall, which is a great time to listen to this album. It's a very like fall, dark album. And it's so heavy hitting and incredible album. I'd highly recommend listening to it. It might take some people a little bit getting used to the vocals for some. It's very like Twin Peaks, like very high shoegazy vocals, but an incredible album. Andrew, what's your number four? So my number four is the album Sleep Talk by the band Dayseeker. And Nate seems a little bit surprised. I know that we've talked about this album before, Nate and I, but I'm not sure that I've been able to explain to him how much I love this album and how much it keeps growing on me. I've probably listened to this album more than any other album since it came out. I want to say it was like November or something, but I listen to it all the time, which is actually saying a lot because I don't really listen to 
to hard rock music anymore. And a little background for Dayseeker, they used to be metal. They used to be more just straight metal. And I didn't really listen to them because I don't really listen to that style that much. In fact, Dayseeker, even now, even though they've calmed down, it's more just straight rock, like Sent by Ravens type rock. Even now, they're still by far the hardest band in my top 10. And just... I don't know what it is with this album. It's so many different things. I think that's why it's hard to put just one. But they write such incredible hooks. Melodic hooks, um, guitar hooks, whatever it is that they write. It's just so strong. Their melodies are so strong. The cadences, the lyrics. I would say this album is driven by the vocals. But there's so many other elements that are just so incredible. And they do such a great job with. And I can't get enough of this album. In fact, my wife even really likes this album. Which is, again, saying a lot. Because uh, she also doesn't really listen to this type of style very often. But she really likes the album too. So I think that if you are not familiar with this album, give it a shot. I think it's totally worth it. So definitely check it out. So, Nate, what's your third favorite album of the year? Before I get into that, I knew on Dayseeker, we talked when you were, like, just starting to listen, I feel like. You had listened probably, like, three, four or five times, my guess. And uh, it was kind of going in that trajectory that it would probably be one of your favorites, but I didn't know or think it would reach these heights. I'll definitely, I still haven't listened to the whole thing. I've listened to a couple songs, which I've liked. So I gotta, I gotta go listen to that now. So my third favorite album of the year is Annette Co by Jay Sum, who is Melina Duterte. And she's quickly become one of my favorite artists over the past two or three years. Her album, Everybody Works, which was released in 2017, was my favorite album of that year. And I will not let you know whether or not it could possibly be on my decade list, but it might. And it definitely is. And so anyways, Anna Co is, I would say, a slightly less quality version. I mean, it's very different than Everybody Works. She definitely, I think, is a little bit... I don't know. It's just a different type of experimentation. Like, she's experimental no matter what, but there's still some extremely catchy songs on here, some very beautiful stuff. She does weird stuff. Like, Peace Out is, like, such a heavy hitter, and she's never written... At least on Everybody Works, there's nothing like that. And yet then she'll have like Get Well Soon, which is this like kind of twangy goodbye song. And then she'll have these extremely great rock songs like Superbike or even Tenderness. Anyways, this whole album's incredible. Album artwork's incredible. I highly recommend her. Please check her out. And yes, what's your number three, Andrew? So my number three is... I know what your last three are. I just don't know the order. Yeah, exactly. But we're going to start with Copeland's album Blushing as number three, which means I would have made 50 bucks if we'd made that bet. So you were just, I mean, just a little bit wrong. But this does mean our final two match up. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure. I mean, they may not match up perfectly, but... I'm guessing we have... Maybe not. No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think so. 
I'm very shocked. Okay, keep going. So, yeah, Copeland's Blushing. I just think this is such an incredible album. I like it, obviously, more than Nate does because I have it at 3. Nate has it at 10. That might just be because I'm still on the newer kind of Copeland bandwagon. So Nate's not uh, maybe impressed when Copeland writes an incredible album because obviously Exora is his favorite album. So this is also following up that album for him. But this is kind of the album that got me into Copeland and I've had to work my way backwards. I just think it's such an incredible album. There's so much there to love the, the writing, the production, the arranging, just everything is so good. And I think it's so, so incredible. Again, check out our Copeland blushing episode. If you want to hear more details of why I love it so much. So, Nate, what is your second favorite album of this year? Okay, so this is the album I'm guessing, based off of how you reacted, that you don't have on your list. And I am very shocked, but that's okay. My number two is Cola by A Beacon School. And I've never listened to an album like this. Like, he just mixes all these crazy parts and has these incredible songs, some that are so quick and some that are much longer. And he just, his songwriting is so interesting. I can c- come to this album anytime and extremely enjoy it. It wasn't on my top 10 last year just because there was only eight tracks on the original version. And it felt just like it was missing like a little bit for me. Like I wanted just a little bit more before I like fell in love and could like love it wholeheartedly. And then when he added glue, cut through, and fading a nylon, it was like the perfect like puzzle pieces that just like completed the album for me. And honestly, like nine years out of ten, this would be my favorite album of the year in the sense that like an album of this quality like should be your number one. For, and I'm talking to myself, but because of Whenever from Indian Lakes drops an album, it's not always the case. So hint, hint, wink, wink. But Andrew, what was your number two? So let me real quick, before I say my number two, just speak to why Cola is not on my list at all. And it would have been, and it would have been super high. But, and you kind of spoke to this earlier, I actually defined this album as 2018, not 2019, because it's a reissue. Now, I didn't know this album in 2018, so for me it actually would have been only 2019, but I felt like a lot of people and and true fans of Beacon School would have looked at this and been like, oh yeah, but like he only released three new songs this this year and and technically those three songs make the album so much better and more cohesive and it works so well and is well deserving of this spot but again it's more just i clarified this as 20 2018 not 2019 and that's totally my it's okay we've been able to add an extra album because of it that's true that's very true well yeah my number two album is the album good at falling by the band the japanese house oh yeah i completely forgot you hadn't mentioned that yet yeah so when you said that you knew my top three i thought you were correct because i thought you were thinking of this album but yeah this album is so good i don't know what to say that hasn't already been said either already in this podcast talking about it or again in our other podcast talking about the whole album track by track 
it's just it's such a well created album. It's so well done from production to lyrics and melodies and and instrumentals and just every little part of this album is so well put together. I love it so much. We actually my wife and I also had the opportunity to see the Japanese house play live earlier this year, and it was an incredible show. It was so good. The only issue was it was in a super small venue, and it just makes me sad that a musician and an artist as good as Amber is is not much more well-known. That's the point of the podcast, so you'll be able to find out more people maybe you wouldn't have heard of before and be able to go and support their shows. So please go support Japanese house just making incredible music. And I guess it's pretty obvious what our top album of the year is. I guess we probably both had the same option. But what can I say? When Taylor Swift releases yep. a new album, what, what are you going to do? do? Your hands are kind of tied. <laughs> For sure. T-Swizzle, man. She doing her thing. But if there was another album besides Taylor Swift that you would put as your favorite album this year, what might that album be? I mean, I just don't even want to think of a world where this scenario could happen and Taylor not be my number one, but I'll entertain you. Yeah, so obviously it's dimly lit by From Indian Lakes, which I am safely assuming, actually correctly this time, I feel like I'm more aware and coherent than I was before. Yes, Andrew will it'll be his number one as well. This is sixteen tracks, which Andrew and I are always weary. Well, actually I think I'm a little more weary than Andrew, but I think Andrew's weary too of sixteen track or just long albums. Like once you get to thirteen, I'm like, like this is pushing it. So like the Japanese house I think has thirteen and it's like that's like as long as I usually want to go with that type of thing. Once you get into 14, 15, 16, it's just usually like way too much. But Joey has somehow found a way to release 16 extremely different songs that all still work together and fit together, both thematically from a sound landscape and also lyrically. And he's added so many textures, similarly to the Japanese house. And I mean, I think the production on the Japanese house is a little bit better, but the production on this is incredible. There's so many cool, interesting stuff on this album. And this album I was so nervous about, where you have so much stock into like, this could either be incredible or just, like, destroy me. And so, like, I just had so much fear and anxiety because I love Joey so much. And his past three albums were three of my favorite albums ever. And it would just be so disappointing if he didn't come through. But he did. And uh, this album's just so good. I, I'm sorry for rambling. I just talk so much about this album. Hey, Andrew, what are your thoughts? So I don't have too much else to add, honestly. You covered it really well. When I made this list, I just kind of started at one and was like, so From Indian Lakes is one, and I work backwards and and piece it together that way. It's just going to be so hard right now on a year that From Indian Lakes comes out for any other albums to be one they're just they're too good and by they i mean joey it's just such a good album if you want to know our initial thoughts you can listen to our from indian lakes part one and we'll be coming out with our from indian lakes part two to give some more thoughts um after a little bit more time listening to the album but 
it's just so good. It keeps growing on me, and I love it so much. And again, I don't really have anything to add. It's basically a perfect album. It's so good. 16 songs, all flushed out songs, and they're all incredible. So, Nate, do you have any more thoughts about music in 2019? Uh, no. I think I'm excited to record our decade list, and I'm looking forward to looking at 2020 as well. Clear vision, 2020, coming coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it was such a great year for music. I think it's been, the last few years have just been really excellent years for music. Just so many good bands making so much good music. So, check out... Every every album we have on our top 10 list, check out all of our podcasts that we talked about, all these different bands and a bunch of other bands we didn't even mention on the podcast this year. Thanks so much for checking out this episode and have a great day. Ha 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 